Good morning, good morning, hello, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, my LTT family, glad to be with you again today. What a journey we have been on together. This has been a time so far in the panel and I are thankful for your comments, for your engagement, for your interest, and for helping us to expand our reach with this podcast. Up until this point, we have spent time on understanding so many different things, and it started with crafting our vision. And then we started to focus in on the T of my acronym, TRASH, which we looked at becoming trash collectors and why we allow that to happen. We started to understand over the past couple of weeks, the other aspect of the T, the triggers and the trauma. And today we're gonna start our conversation focusing on that second component, the R in the acronym, which is reactions and responses. And you might be thinking, really? Is this something I need to be thinking about? Reactions and responses? Why is that part of trash? How does that fit? Well, absolutely it is. Reactions and responses, everybody, it impacts every area of your life. There is nothing untouched by reactions and responses. But how could these two concepts or words that are so benign in and of themselves be categorized with the trash. Why would you do that, Valerie? Well, this is why. Simply, when they become contaminated with the trace elements of weaponized emotions, our reactions and responses can become part of our toxic waste. So with that in mind, Let's get this conversation started. This is Let's Talk Trash with Valerie Cheney, and I am here today with my panel member, Janine Capello. She's here with me today. And so, Janine, welcome. Good morning. Let's Thank get you. the conversation started. Thank you. So I thought, Janine, what I'd do, just to give some context for our listeners around this, I'm really going to just define reactions and responses. And then I got a little story. You know, I always got a story. And, you know, yeah. it's always mine. Awesome. It's so good. I did. So I told you at the beginning, I don't need to use anybody else's. I got enough of my own <laughs> stuff. So let's dive in. So when I think about reactions against the backdrop in the context of trash, a reaction is any action performed or an expressed feeling. It is a way we behave in a particular situation or circumstance after experiencing something. So the reaction is actually the byproduct of some type of stimuli coming into our lives, right? Does that make sense so far? Mm -hmm. And so then on the flip side of that, a response, listen to this. I thought this was so interesting as I was diving into this. A response is an answer to a question. And I thought that was interesting. And then I'll give the rest of the definition because reaction just said, it's the way we behave after experiencing something. So where's the question? 
So then that begs, that said to me, every experience is really a question and a problem that we are solving and our response is the answer or the solution to it. And so right there, write that down. We need to determine how we're gonna answer the questions that life presents us with. And so going on with response, it's an answer to a question, an impulse or excited state caused by a change or by an event. So responses, again, they could be an impulse. And we tend to think about reactions as an impulse, but a response is equally categorized as an excited, impulsive state. So let me give you an example of that. Let me give, let me give you my little story for the day. Few years back, remember when we used to work in offices, all crunched up together in cubicles and you know all of that remember that a situation occurred and guys my nickname by the people closest to me they well not a nickname I don't want to own it that way anymore but they would call me the phoenix so do you know what a phoenix is the phoenix is this mythical bird that all of a sudden just bursts in the flames Hello, <laughs> I, got, I got the nickname Phoenix. So this situation had me heated because one day we're in a meeting. I don't even remember what that was about. That's not important. Somebody said something out of their mouth that was so crazy, it set me off. And what really got me is that they did it in an email to multiple people. So they spoke it, but they spoke it in an email and they had copied all of these other people with it and they were just wrong. And that set me off. I was up out of my chair and about to walk down to their office and confront it because I am not afraid of confrontation. All confrontation doesn't have to be negative. This one was about to be, but all confrontation doesn't have to be negative. But I was going down there with ill intent to confront it. But before I could walk out of my office door, I heard, must you respond to everything? Ooh, what? Why was the Holy Spirit in that moment all up in my office in my email, checking me about somebody else that was just wrong about what they did. He was the one who came for me. Why are you checking me about why must I respond to everything? But the question produced the desired result. It stopped me in my tracks. And it came to me with all the parental authority and conviction of any good parent. And right then it changed my view and mindset about reacting and responding and sparked my quest to learn more about how to master both, Janine. And I'm not at the point of complete mastery yet, right? I'm not even trying to make our listeners or you think 
that I have fully mastered that. That's not why we're doing this podcast because we have accomplished everything and we grow in the dark. That's not why we're doing it. We're doing it to have the conversations about it so that we can learn from each other and all improve. And so I haven't gotten mastery yet. I might, you know, have a little Phoenix moment at any time, but I have mostly through those negative experiences learned when I'm getting it right and when I'm not. And so, you know, people smarter than me tell me knowing is half the battle. And so the other half then is making the necessary adjustments of learning from it so we can move forward. And that's what our conversation is gonna be about today. And so the other piece I wanted to share with the audience before we get into talking about some of this is our reactions and responses are actually part of our programming. Some of the more mature in the audience might remember a phrase at the advent of the technical age, garbage in, garbage out. Remember that when programming was just started and the big giant computers? Well, that's what's happening here. The triggers and the trauma inform, garbage in, how we react and respond in every situation, garbage out. The more trash we hold, the more trash that comes out in how we react and respond. And remember in episodes three and four, I talked about the trace element speak. Remember that? They tell us how to handle the external and internal stimuli that we encounter every single day. This is the connection between all of that and why we have to get rid of it. So here's a couple of examples. I'm gonna ask a couple of questions to the audience. You could just nod while you're doing your dishes, driving, whatever it is, if this reacts to you, right? If this pertains to you rather. Have you ever found yourself bracing for bad news if the phone rings late at night? Why? It's a reaction informed by a past experience, whether it's direct because that happened to you before or it's indirect, right? You heard about that happening to somebody else. But I know I do it. Janine's over here shaking her head that she does. She's done it before, right? Here's another one. Do you expect certain outcomes from certain situations or people? Like whenever that person shows up, whenever a situation looks a certain way, are you already bracing yourself for a certain outcome? Are your reactions already prepared in advance when you know you've got to encounter certain people? I'm shaking my head, yes. Janine's shaking her head, yes, right? And then how about this one? This is a good one. This one just happened to me. When somebody stares at you, do you automatically assume the reason they're staring at you is negative? I just had this happen the other day. Or somebody ignores you and you just assume it's for some ill intent. I was in a doctor's office, J9, and the person, I'm sitting there in the waiting room, they come out and they call my name, they had already walked past me and they called my name and I'm saying, here I am. They're looking all around everywhere but me. They call my name again. I stand up and I like pull, pull on his lab coat. And he turns around, he looks at me like startled. 
And I'm like, yo, what's up with that response, right? And he looks at the chart and he looks at me and looks back at the chart and says, okay, well, come on in the back. And now I'm feeling a little, you know, tension and uneasy. I'm about to react, not, not, you know, go off, but like, I'm thinking, what's going on here with that? And I sit down in the chair and he says, I, I'm so sorry, Miss Cheney, that like my face responded the way it did when I looked at you. I said, yeah, I was wondering about that. What's going on there? And he said, I looked at you and I looked at the birth date on the chart and I looked at what's in front of me and they do not match. I said, oh, yes, that's because I'm aging backwards, sweetie. And so I was bracing for something negative and his reaction to me was actually something very favorable to me. And so that's an example of how we encounter the external, his facial expression, my internal, right? And that was about to produce a reaction that I never needed to have. And that's just a few examples of how we can be wrong in those situations, Janine, yeah. and don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. So where am I going with that little story? That's an example of situations that are a result of what I'm calling our default setting. Yeah. The default setting of our reactions is informed by some past unmet yeah. expectation, or they are the patterns that have come from repeated triggers and traumas and the trace elements that say, this is just like that. And we go back into our archive and we pull some experience mm -hmm. forward and we say, this experience is just like that experience. And we have a default prepared reaction that we pull forward into a situation and it is wrong and it is unnecessary. So I ask you audience, think about this. What's been informing your reactions? So whether you agree today with what I'm saying or not, or whether you like it or not, reactions and responses are a communication style that shares a lot about us. And often, everybody, it's sharing a lot more than we want or expect it to be sharing. So the conversation today is going to be around how can we better control this part of ourselves? So Janine, I want to toss this out to you because a lot is going on, right? Yep. Just in the situation I told you about back in the day in the office and yep. even in the doctor's office recently, a whole lot is going on and it starts in our, in our physical being, right? So share with us, talk us through what's actually happening in our bodies when we get into that default reaction mode. Awesome. And Val, thank you so much for inviting me to this conversation. This is probably one of my favorite things is taking trips to this mental gym, right? And we take care of our bodies and we go to the gym, but working out, you know, um, what you say as, as it's so brilliantly, brilliantly explained, you know, those, those past um, things that inform us, right? Mm -hmm. And I like to say, I like to quote Carl Jung here, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate 
right? And so many things are, it's literally like programs running in the background, right? And that's the daily work for us. And I love what you said about mastering things. And my perspective is if we're lucky, we never master anything because we're always in the school of life, right? So that is a great way to live. And there really is no failure. There's only feedback, right? So taking things like, okay, I didn't mess that up. That's just feedback for next time, right? And looking at things and going, you know, I can change up how I respond to things. Um, And when you get a handle on how you respond to things like what you had shared, Val, from the past, or maybe some things that it might be learned behavior, right? Yes. And then when we start to understand what happens physically, which I'll go over now, um, there are ways that we can control these responses and you literally can rewrite the way that you live through your life. Um, and when you were talking about reacting versus responding, I got a mental image of a nuclear reactor and someone in a, you know, a fire person, right? So someone who reacts hot or someone who is part of the solution, the responder, the first responder, right? And that's where we want to get to. We want to stop being that nuclear reactor hot right away, going in hot. And really looking at, okay, how can I be a solution in the situation, not part of the hot problem? I love it. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I was definitely the Phoenix nuclear. There we go. There we go. I feel you. I feel you on this. So some of the physiological reactions, um, they're really interesting. And and I'm sure some of our listeners have experienced this this on many occasions, but it helps to articulate it. Because if you can stop a little bit and, and feel what you're experiencing, you can identify what is happening to you in the moment, and it then doesn't control you, right? So we have four major physiological stress responses, and and our our listeners might identify with these. So maybe an upset stomach, right, in response to stress, maybe nausea, um, maybe diarrhea, short-term or prolonged, uh, increased or decreased appetite, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's minor physiological responses, and that's very, very dependent on who is experiencing the stress response. So other things might be headache, right? Muscle tension, yeah, back pain even, or even shortness of breath because our respiratory system can be affected as well, right? So So kind of like hyperventilating when you say shortness of breath? Sometimes. Shallow breathing. Shallow breathing or hyperventilating or forgetting to breathe. Oh, right. Ooh, right. Okay. Forgetting to breathe. So remember, this is all this. Uh, this is the lizard brain happening. Right. The the 10,000 year old biology that taught us to run from the saber toothed tiger is what kicks in when we're in that stressful situation. Right. But the frontal lobes are the ones that are capable of saying, hold on a minute. Like what happened for you in that office situation? Right. Do I have to respond here? And I love what you said, and it made me think of this quote, to whom much is given, much is expected. And in that moment, you were asked to take the high road. And sometimes that's hard, but having the tools in our tool belts, and that's what this podcast is about, is loading up tools, right, in our tool belts to uh, do something different the next time we're confronted with something. So, you know, getting back to, so mental reactions and stresses might include depression, anxiety, um, anger hostility or rage, um, irritability, Mm. decreased concentration, and even decreased memory, right? So, you know, let's understand. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you just land on that for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, if you're in a stress response, your, you know, your, your ancient brain, the lizard brain has taken over, right? And so you're right there in the moment. How do I get myself out of this? And it literally shuts down 
everything else, right? So you might forget something or you might like, it's like, say for instance, um, you get a call, someone you know has had an accident and you run out of the house and you forget to bring something crucial like your phone, right? Uh That's that stress response. Uh Like you forgot that, right? Because you were dealing in the moment with what you needed to do to alleviate whatever it is that was going on. So people forget things in that moment all the time. It's fascinating, right? Your brain gets real efficient, right? It just gets efficient. Like you don't need that, man. We're going to deal with this right now. There's a fire over here. You don't need your phone. You do need your phone, but you know, your brain is efficient. Your brain kind of is narrowed in. It's focused. there. Right there. Yeah. It's fascinating. Right. And our bodies are so amazing how, you know, when I think about, you know, like say for instance, think about a, um, a, a, a safe, right. Um, or something with valuables in it. And, you know, there's always a mechanism to protect it. Right. And so when you think about how amazing and valuable our bodies are, we walk around in them every day. And this is where we do our kingdom work from. This is how we relate to people. This is the vehicle through which we gift humanity. And our bodies are, as I'm going to share, equipped with a mechanism to protect them. Right. It's fascinating. Right. It's so fascinating. So I'll go through it a little bit. And I talked in a previous episode about this HPA axis. Right. And I'm about to get real sciencey on you. All right. Come on. We talked about the hypothalamus, right? Which connects the brain and endocrine system, right? And this signals the pituitary gland, right? To produce the hormone cortisol and cortisol is magical, right? When, when it's releasing and doing its job during the day, we get sort of, you know, like a daily energy cycle, right? But what happens is when our body hits that stress response, the adrenals react and our cortisol shoots up, right? And that's when our our ancient brain kicks in. Oh my gosh, there's a saber-toothed tiger. We better start running, right? And that happens, you know, as a, as an, a result of acute stress response in the moment, right? Now, there are some instances where people are dealing with situations that are prolonged, mm-hmm. right? And that that literally, it's not unusual for the adrenals to get depleted, for someone to become utterly exhausted, And then over time, if that cortisol is still pushing out to the extreme, it also raises cholesterol. And we know that people in long-term stressful situations can even develop heart problems because cortisol raises that cholesterol and that raised bad cholesterol can start to clog arteries, right? So we know that we know that clogged arteries and, and, you know, um, and inefficient you know, a circulatory system can be affected by diet, which we know, but it also can be affected by prolonged stress, right? It's fascinating. So when we're in those heightened states for a prolonged period of time, our trigger, it sounds like to me, right? Our trigger for reaction is actually shortened. Very short. And that's, again, our efficient system working, right? So we need to get you out of the situation fast. Right. And your body, it's a nanosecond, you know, that cortisol gets pushed out, the adrenaline starts to pump and you're in fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Right? And now, that's the impulse. That's right. That's, that's the impulse. impulsive nature of this. Is that's that it. Right? Yeah. Okay. It's okay. your body's warning system. We are perfectly made to protect ourselves. Uh-huh. Right. It's, it's, that's, there's not something wrong. That is exactly how we're designed. Right. That's mm-hmm. our alarm system. Right. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So during a stressful event, um, you know, we, we, um, we can experience too a weakened immune system, right? Exhaustion happens. 
Um, we might experience chronic fatigue, right? Some people actually who are insulin resistant or on that diabetic spectrum, their sugar spikes during a stressful event, okay. right? From stress, sugar spikes. Um, it can cause prolonged um, exposure to obesity because a lot of us are not equipped yeah. to not eat our emotions, right? And that you and I as health coaches, you know, that's our realm, yes. right? Is helping people go to the mental gym to deal with, okay, you know, what kind of eater am I? Yeah. You know, am I a stress eater? Am I a tired eater, right? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of depression comes from prolonged stress and even immune disorders, right? So it's fascinating to me. We have to remember that as fascinating as our bodies are and, you know, designed to deal with this short and long-term stress, we are still fragile. And we need to pay attention to our, our reactions and responses, right? So this is a brilliant conversation. Um, chronic stress can affect nearly every system in the body. And I'll just go through this quickly to finish up. Gut health, right? So changes in our gut. Um, the esophagus, right? So um, having issues dealing with bacteria or like a, a repeat kind of uh, situation. Yeah, acid, reflux upset. Kind of acid reflux, exactly. Stomach pain or bloating or nausea. Uh, bowel stress can affect nutrient absorption and a weakened intestinal barrier. Wow. Right? Fascinating, right? You know, a nervous system, weakened nervous system over time, you know, you start to really lose the, um, the ability to deal with stressful situations because you know, that, that it's basically depleted. You, you know, you're really, really running on empty there mm -hmm. and <clears throat> believe it or not, it can affect reproduction. Wow. Because especially for women, you know, that stress, prolonged stress and, you know, maybe even a, um, uh, an upset over a period of time can affect ovulation. So there it is. We're laying that out. Wow. So here's yeah. kind of what I'm hearing, right? Yeah. Back to that initial shocking kind of revelation for me that reactions and responses are answer to a question all of these things are coming into us and they are really questions that require an answer for us from us. And we have to be cognizant of that so that we can formulate the correct answer right. to what's, what's coming at us on a regular basis. That was fascinating. That was fascinating. This is good. Okay. Yeah, and so I have a question for you though based okay. on what you shared before. So um, how can we reprogram that default reaction setting, Val? I think that would be great for our readers to hear. Yeah. All right. So that's good. Listen, Janine, I get like, so I've been getting so many DM messages around. Mm -hmm. Can you give us more soul sweeps? Well, here, this would be one for that, right? Because I told you, it wasn't like I miraculously stopped myself in that office situation. It was the voice of the Holy Spirit in me saying, must you respond to everything? And that's his tone with me. That's just how I hear the voice of God. He is not playing around, woo, woo, wooing me. He checks me. So this is a soul sweet moment that I'm going to give you. And I want you to consider because this is the scripture that I use to reprogram this default. It's Proverbs 16.32. And it's all about, I'm going to just share it with you um, real quick in a new international version for those of you you know, who are down with it this way. 
better a patient person, better to be a patient person than a warrior and one with self-control than one who can take a city. And in prayer, I had to constantly bring myself before God, acknowledging I am the nuclear reaction. I am functioning as the phoenix. And when I do that, and it's hard, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, to look at yourself in the mirror and say, that that I'm doing is unproductive. What I am doing is not getting me to the results that I want. And I had to do that work to say, that's not serving me well. That is not what I want. I don't want to be the person that's out of control. I want to be the person that has restraint. I want to be the person that masters how I feel and not that I'm just the control freak. That's not what we're talking about here. But recognizing that my default is set on nuclear. And nuclear, that lizard moment that says, go nuclear, save yourself, is not necessary in every single situation. And to be able to, in prayer, in reading the word of God, to move myself from nuclear to a place of balance. Now, I'm not swinging a pendulum either from nuclear to, you know, doormat. Right. Neither one of those work, right? Yes. But yes. to move myself to a place of balance to where my answer to the question is in alignment with the question. It is not at either extreme for the question that life has presented me with, that I can solve it accurately and with control. So I guess as I kind of, does that help? It really does. And I, I want to highlight one of the things you said, which was the reaction that you had initially felt coming up, you knew wasn't going to serve you. And I think that's really important for us and for our listeners to understand is that the reason we're doing this work, this inner work, and you know, I invite anyone and everyone to join us on this journey, um, is because we know where we want to get to, right? So there's that structural tension. Here's where we are. Here's where we have these goals in life, right? And you know, certain reactions and responses aren't going to serve your long-term goal, right? And that's the key there is to ask yourself, take a breath enough to ask that question, is what I'm about to do going to serve me in the long-term? That is brilliant. That is where the gold is right here. Exactly. Thank so you for good. that. Thank so you good. for that. Yeah. So now let me kind of sum up today, right? We want to kind of be true to our podcast time frame. Let me sum this up. So here's what I want our listeners to know, how to start on this journey of better mastering their reactions. I just shared with you what I learned about myself was that my reactions were a ticking time bomb. They were just waiting to go off because I was stuck in the nuclear setting. And so what can you do? Number one, understand yourself. Take a look at yourself. As Janine just said, what are the things that you're doing or have done that no longer serve you? Maybe they worked for a situation or circumstance you were in in the past, but they're no longer serving you. Understand yourself. Another thing to add to what Janine said, 
Become conscious of your reaction patterns. Know your default. Make the unconscious conscious so that you know what your default reaction is. I told you mine. Mine was nuclear, right? Know what that is. And then number four, have a change of mind about it. I changed my mind about the way I was reacting. Now the Holy Spirit interjected with a soul sweep, right? With that question, but it caused a change of mind. And so it took me on a journey to determine what I want to be different is exactly what you just said, right? Mm -hmm. And then accountability. I shared with other people the change that I was looking to make and to call me out when I was running contrary to that. Hey, I, I see Phoenix flaring up so that it could stop me. Some accountability, get some people around you that can help you recognize when you are leaning towards a reaction that's not gonna solve the problem. So J9, thank you for being here. My pleasure. I hope that you got some really good tips and some insights and revelation around reactions and responses. And in our next episode, Time With You, we're going to focus on responding. So we have those solutions and the answers to life's questions. And until then, let's make every day a trash day. And we'll see you soon. Have a great one.